You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Monday, May 16th. We're talking Pirates baseball today with Adam Barry. Adam, thank you for the time as always. And uh, Adam, I think for the first time this season following Sunday's win against the Cubs, Pirates fans able to say, now that is Garrett Cole. I think uh, his first really dominant start of the season and not just dominant, but dominant against uh, baseball's best team, at least the team with baseball's best record in their backyard in Wrigley Field. And I think uh, that's the Garrett Cole that we've been kind of waiting to see all season. Yeah, that looked a lot more like an ace than just a number one starter, if that makes any sense. That looked like a guy who's capable of handling any team on any day. Uh, he did it against a lineup that had kind of given him fits a couple starts ago. Just went out there and against uh, you know against a pitcher and John Lester was throwing a no hitter uh, for most of the afternoon. It just spoke volumes about Cole, what he's capable of doing. Uh, it was a huge performance. The team needed it, whether they would admit it or not. Uh, it was a big spot for it. He looked great. Uh, hopefully for the team, something that he can carry over and do his next couple starts uh, because they could definitely use that guy to shore up what has been really an otherwise incredibly unsteady rotation. Yeah, Cole was uh, simply sensational. And and like you said, it was kind of an odd game because going into the seventh, here's John Lester, uh, you know, eight outs away from his second career no-hitter. But in watching the game, I kind of had the feeling that, you know what, yes, the Pirates are getting no-hit, and they have a, a big fat goose egg in the hits column on the scoreboard. But to me, it didn't feel like they were getting no hit because it was a scoreless game, because it was a pitcher's duel between Lester and Garrett Cole. Did did it kind of have that same feel to you watching things unfold? Yeah, and it, you know it would have the tendency. You know, fans would think that it was it was going to get out of hand just because you're coming off of a, a game where Jake Arrieta had a pitch and he pitched you know so well, even though he did actually finally give up a couple runs. Uh, but you know what? You're always in a game so long as your starting pitcher is throwing like that. And I think that's something that's kind of gotten away from the Pirates a little bit this season. Yesterday was the first time that they've won a game scoring fewer than four runs this season. They lost, they scored fewer than four runs 11 times a season and lost every game. The bats have really carried the pitching so far. So for them to have that kind of game where the starting pitcher takes over, steps up and says, really acts like a stopper. I mean, I think that was big for the team just to, you know, to keep their confidence up. It was big for Cole's confidence. It was big for really more than anything, I think, for the fan base just to see, hey, this team could beat the Cubs. And they did so for the first time in uh, six tries this season. That was a victory that they desperately needed. Uh, The Pirates winning 2-1 yesterday over the Chicago Cubs. And in that seventh inning, when Lester lost the the no-hitter to Starling Marte, later on in that inning, I believe he got Francisco Cervelli for the second out, Cervelli a right-handed bat. Now, at this point, Lester's pitch count is well over 100. Up comes another dangerous right-handed bat in the form of Jung Ogong. Were you surprised at that point that Joe Madden did not uh, get Lester from the game, get a right-hander to face Gong? How did you kind of assess that? Maybe a little bit, but John Lester to that point, he's been you know so good throughout the game, and he's a veteran guy. He's somebody that you trust even when the pitch count's getting up there. He's kind of a horse-type guy. Uh, you know, you're maybe not predicting home runs, in that situation, certainly. Um, they, they could have gone and gotten a right-handed reliever, but really, is there other than Rondon, is there a right-handed reliever on that Cubs staff who you trust more than John Lester to get out anybody 
I don't necessarily know, but Jung Ho came through in another big moment. That's something he's done a lot of, and really just a week with the team so far. Started off, uh, leave eight hits and six of them for extra bases, uh, eight RBIs in eight games. Really just an encouraging start for him, and then delivering in a big moment, which is something that he's proven before. I think somebody asked Clint Hurdle after the game, you know, hey, it's just kind of unbelievable what Jung Ho Gong's done so far, right? And Hurdle goes, no, it's believable. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of what they've seen from Jung Ho. Uh, during his first year plus in the majors. Yeah, he's already developed uh, quite a track record for coming through in the clutch. I mean, to go back to his first game uh, this season, coming off that long injury layoff, and he, he belts two home runs, you know, you know, like he wasn't off for any time at all. And then the big uh, clutch double yesterday against John Lester to uh, get the Pirates on the board, give them a one nothing lead. How much of a boost, uh, not just statistically, but just his presence in the locker room and being around the guys, how much of a boost has he provided for the Pirates? Oh, a lot. He's really well-liked in the clubhouse. Even David Freeze, when we talked to him in St. Louis, essentially when, when Jung Ho came back, you knew that he was taking a lot of playing time away from Freeze, and nobody was happier uh, to see him come back healthy from what he went through than David Freeze was. You know, he's gotten to know him a little bit in spring training. They're living across the hall from each other in Pittsburgh. Uh, Jung Ho's just a really likable guy. He's got a great personality, really upbeat, and it helps when you hit the way that he does, certainly. Um, but, yeah, he's just been a big lift. I think overall for the team, which generally is sort of coming back into the shape that the, uh, you know, the front office originally intended. You're starting to see the bullpen fall back in order, uh, starting to get, you know, you finally have a balanced bullpen and, and bench. I think overall, like especially with Jung Ho back, the team is starting to kind of take the shape that they intended. They just sort of need to get the results uh, back on track with what they'd hoped for as well. Yeah, his emer- er, his uh, return rather has uh, stabilized uh, so much on that team, not just uh, with position players, but like you said, having that trickle-down effect to the bullpen and the overall roster construction as well. A very welcome presence uh, has Jung Ho Gong been uh, for this Pirates team. Adam, I want to go back to Garrett Cole just for a second. I caught uh, a headline this morning on this Monday that uh, – he had some rather interesting post-game comments uh, following those eight dominant innings against the Cubs where he was prompted by a reporter about, you know, well, what do you think of the Cubs? They're, you know, baseball's best team. They're running away with everything. They've got a run differential of a, of a million or something like that. You know, they've been great. And Cole kind of said, well, I, you know, they're good, but I don't think they're baseball's best team. I mean, it's not – I don't think it was a real inflammatory comment, but in this day and age where people are so careful about, about what they say – that kind of does qualify as bulletin board material. What did you make of that comment from him? Yeah, well, full disclosure, I wasn't actually in Chicago this weekend. I had the series off, but I watched and I read the transcript, listened to the, to the post-game commentary. And my take on it was that you know, somebody was asking, you know, does this mean anything more that you're, you know, you come out and you have this performance against the best team in baseball? And those words are going to catch anybody's attention, especially Garrett Cole. He's super competitive. Uh, he doesn't necessarily take kindly to other people complimenting another team, especially a rival over his. Uh, so I think his response was more just saying it's not that it meant more because they're the best team in baseball. That was, I think, maybe some of the meaning behind it. But straight up, he did say, I don't think they're the best team in baseball. But is he supposed to say that? Is he supposed to come out and say, man, the Cubs are so much better than us? <laughs> I mean, any competitor, I think, wants to believe that you're the best. Otherwise, you wouldn't have gotten to this level. You wouldn't be the kind of pitcher that Cole is if you didn't inherently believe that you know you deserve the best or that you have the most talent or whatever, however you want to put it. So, I mean, of course, that kind of comment is going to gain, gain attention. It's going to be big on Twitter where, you know, 140 characters or less, uh, not a lot of room for nuance. And uh, 
uh, detail and things like that. But uh, I mean, I think it's it's another good moment, honestly, for the for the clubhouse too to come out and say that you know to say we're not going to take anything from these guys because the Cubs had pushed them around for five games in a row and it it really looked kind of hopeless uh, to a certain extent, you know, in a small sample size. So. You know, Cole, it would mean a lot less, too, if he hadn't backed up the words with his performance. So I think overall, Cole really put a foot down in a number of ways against the Cubs, uh, starting with his pitching and then finishing sort of with that comment. Yeah, and it's great to see, like you said, for not just uh, his teammates, but for the fan base as well, that, you know what, this guy's not going to take any, you know, any crap from anybody or any team, any opponent. He's going to say what he thinks and what he thinks is, yeah, the Cubs are good, but they're not the best. I went out there and I proved it today, so... Good for Garrett Cole. I want to get your take, too, on some comments made following uh, Saturday's game, which the Pirates lost 8-2. to But after the game, some of the Pirates uh, were kind of accusatory of Jake Arrieta of intentionally throwing at Jung Ho Gong. Now, my personal take, I didn't think there was any intent there. I think most fans didn't think there was any intent because, you know, we know the kind of pitcher that, that Arrieta is. The Pirates' take was, well, he's, you know, He's got pinpoint control, and now this pitch gets away from him. You know, there's got to be right. something fishy going on there. Where, What side of the fence do you fall on here? Kind of hard to say because you could see the cause in the sense that they've had some bad blood with Arietta going back to last season in the wild card game especially. They don't like the guy. He probably doesn't like them. Um, and, again, yeah, Arietta's command is just so incredible. That's one thing the Pirates always talk about when they're asked how, how he's so good is that he dots the glove. No matter where it is, he finds it. So to see a pitch like that get away from him in the way that it did, uh, basically right between the letters with Jung Ho, I, I, it was a little suspicious, especially given the history. That said, and I think this was Joe Madden's defense, he did come back and walk Jeff Locke, the pitcher, on four pitches, which is also kind of an uncharacteristic uh, loss of command for him. I just think, given the circumstances, the history, the bad blood, and uh, this, this, this situation, I, it did seem a little mysterious. Nothing out of the ordinary, nothing worth getting too upset over. It didn't hurt him. Uh, but I, I would probably fall a little bit more in line with the Pirates in that situation. That it was a little odd, at the very least. Yeah, and it's something to keep an eye on as the teams, uh, you know, engage in their next, whatever, 13, 14 battles uh, throughout the, the regular season here when uh, Arietta takes them out for the next time. But you know what? It's uh, – it's good for us, right? It's good to report on. You've got these uh, storylines going on, this bad blood, this animosity. So it's something fun to watch develop over the course of the regular season. And speaking of rivalries and animosity, we certainly have that in spades between the Pirates and the Cincinnati Reds, as we saw in abundance on Wednesday night. Uh, the Pirates defeated the Reds 5-4, but the story was all the HBPs flying all over the place. Uh, Tucker Barnhart, the Reds catcher, or rather – Amusing explanation after the game. He said, well, the weather was warmer, the ball was slick, and it was tough to get a grip, and I kind of rolled my eyes at that. Clint Hurdle, on the other hand, I think he kind of had to bite his tongue and say, you know, when he heard of Barnhart's comments, and, you know, he's like, come on, that's that's a ridiculous explanation. So, you know, in your eyes, uh, covering this team and this rivalry, does this enhance or detract from what is already a very intense rivalry between these two teams? Yeah, I mean, I think it's no surprise that you're going to see a lot of hit batters every time the Pirates and Reds play. Um, the funny thing is is that nobody really got too amped up during that game by all those HBPs. It was, you know, some of them were, were off-speed pitches where you're going to say, all right, that did actually just get away. The one that seemed intentional was the one that Ross Ollendorf got ejected for. So I think that one kind of made sense. Uh, the Pirates' concern, if anything, is just that this is going to escalate and people are going to feel obligated to keep – 
hitting each other, and then somebody's going to get hurt. And the most common target for a hit-by-pitch, really, I think more than anybody other than the Rays' Brandon Geyer, is Starling Marte. <laughs> Starling Marte is one of their best, most important players, and you can't risk him getting a broken hand or a fractured rib or something just because there's this kind of nonsensical beanball war going on between the two teams. Um, so yeah, I don't think they were too worked up about that particular game. The number itself was ludicrous uh, when you look back on it. But in, if you break down each specific instance, there were only really one or two that would strike you as kind of unnecessary or cause for concern. And, you know, one of them is Marte, and then the other one was the last the last one of the game. And, and they'll be responded accordingly and, I believe, handed out a, a brief suspension to both Ollendorf and Brian Price. So it was handled well. It's something to keep an eye on. But I think I tweeted at some point during that series you know, it's death taxes and hit by pitches in a Pirates Red series. Yeah, it's something that's, uh, you know, it just it kind of catches your eye when you see six HBPs in one game. The Pirates on the, the business end of four of those. So, and by business, I mean they got hit by four of those, uh, not the other way around, of course. But uh, it was something interesting to see. But like you said, there comes a point where you have to draw the line and just say, okay, enough of this. You know, somebody is going to get hurt. And uh, with the Pirates in contention, you know, every year for the past four years, that's not something you want to see, especially for this uh, Pirates team. Uh, Adam, one other quick note to wrap up here. Uh, Starling Marte apparently is going to be uh, absent from the team for the next couple days, but for a very good reason. Uh, kind of touch on that for a little bit. Yeah, Starling Marte was placed uh, today, Monday, on the paternity list uh, for the birth of his daughter. So he is not going to be with the team for the next three days. And the interesting thing is in his place, they called up prospect Alan Hansen. I believe he's uh, number 10 on MOB Pipeline's list. He's been around for a while. He signed with the team in 2009 out of the Dominican Republic. He really broke out in 2012, had a big year in Class A. And then his stock has kind of fallen a little bit. You've heard the team talk uh, you know, about his inconsistencies, maybe about some maturity issues. Uh, Clint Hurdle said it this afternoon. You know, you see the skills, you see the ability. He just hasn't been able to, to gain any traction. So with the understanding that it's only going to be for three days, basically, call him up, send him right back down to AAA, they're going to give him a taste of the big leagues, maybe hopefully provide a little motivation, you know, kind of light a fire under him that, hey, if you figure it out down there, you're going to be back up here before too long because they really do like the player. He's a versatile guy. They've got him playing second, third, short, and left field. Uh, they love those players who can do a little bit of everything. He's really fast. Steal a lot of bases, which is not a dynamic this team has outside of Marte and Polanco. Uh, pretty talented infielder. Just a guy with a lot of potential. They just need to figure it out. But his problem now is also that the, the AAA scene is getting a little more crowded. There's a couple of those utility-type guys. So I don't want to say it's now or never for Alan Hansen because he's still young. He's only 23 years old. But this would be a really good time, I think, for him to, to kind of get it all together. And they're hopeful that whether it's something he takes from this three-day stand or something that he – from one of the other guys or just the pure motivation of, hey, you finally reached your goal, uh, that he sort of takes another step forward uh, down in AAA. Well, uh, good luck to Alan Hansen and congratulations to Starling Marte and the misses. And Starling, if I can give you any advice, uh, sleep any chance you get whatsoever because <laughs> you're going to need it. Uh, Adam Barry, we thank you so much for the time on this Monday afternoon. Our Pirates reporter joining us here. We'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Pittsburgh Pirates.
MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.